0: Hey, Hedlund. Welcome to the Hey Hedlund podcast with host Adrian Wilkins and Murray Yance. This is episode four interview with Mr.
1: Larry Wells to talk about agriculture and harvest in Henry County. Hey, Murray. Hey, Adrian. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good. Welcome back to the studio.
1: Yep, another episode. This is our fourth installment That's of right. Hey Hedlund. So we're excited to be here tonight. Especially after a fun-filled weekend.
2: That's right. Um, if you were not out on our square at any point in time on Friday and Saturday, you missed some fun.
1: Yeah, it was. We had a good time. The, uh, the Velcro Pygmies played Friday night, uh, had a street dance, bringing the street dance back.
2: That's right, second and, year.
1: And uh, that was great. And then, of course, Harvest Day was, was fabulous. We had a big crowd. What was the crowd like? Do you have any crunching numbers yet?
2: Um, no, it's really hard to kind of get um, an estimate. Not to mention, I was, you know, I run around trying to yeah. solve problems and put out fires all day, so it's really hard for me to get a hold of it. But um, I had a couple people tell me that the crowd harvest day was pretty typical, um, and then I started paying attention to where people were parked, and I was like. Nobody parks on Church Street. Like, where are these people from? Like, we all know you can just park at the high school and ride the shuttle. And the shuttle was kind of slow. And I asked my, my shuttle drivers this year and they were like they were from georgia from dothan from all over the place a lot of people said hey we've never been to this event before we just thought we'd come out and check it out um with Wee being in graceful i figured you know we'd have a smaller crowd but it was about the same and i think that if that if the job is to get people to headland who have never been to headland before to spend some money and shop and see what we had to offer um i'm gonna give myself a pat on the back i yeah. think i pulled it off
1: <laughs> yeah i do too it, it was great i think everything went good uh, when, when me and my family arrived and you rode really fast by us on the Gator <laughs> yeah. and kind of gave us a wave but I knew you was going somewhere to do something. So, But uh, yeah, it was a great weekend. Uh, I had a good time on Friday night. The crowd was great. The band was good. Uh, I think we pulled a good crowd there too. And I have to pat myself on the back also because all the new power upgrades right. that the city allowed us to, uh, to do worked. So, like a charm I believe everybody had what they needed no nobody was out of power no no mishaps or anything so we
2: were I think cleaning. that went well it was it went really well we were cleaning up actually the cleaning the square Saturday afternoon and David Norwood he's on my board of directors and mm-hmm. he and I were kind of wrapping everything up and he was like you know he said I was walking around though and like something was different and I said you didn't have generators. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> it's like, and he said it's like, it just totally changed the feel of the event um, to be able to like hear the, the musicians really well, or if you were on the square, on the square side with Wolf FM, um, it's just crystal clear and almost added a, an element of relaxation to it. So it was really cool.
1: It did. So, all right, well, uh, who do we got tonight?
2: Mr. Larry Wells.
1: Mr. Larry Wells. That's right. A lot of you know Mr. Larry. Uh, he's been in this community a long time. Of course, he's worked at the. Uh, what's the official name of the Wiregrass Research and Extension Center now? It, that wasn't always the case. Okay, we always called it Experiment Station. Yeah, that, yeah. that's <laughs>
0: it's, that's been called. It's not that it was. We changed it in the nineties. It was the Wiregrass Substation okay. for that was the original name. It was. Um, and I'll explain how it got that name. As yeah.
1: So Mr. Larry Wells is on tonight. And uh, the reason I asked Mr. Larry because he was a long-time long uh, employee and retired and manager of the Experiment Station. And then I'm just going to wrap that up into the harvest. Uh, you know, he can give us uh, the download on the harvest and what agriculture means to this part of the country and, and everywhere. I mean, in the world, you know, in all the United States. But what it really means to us being down here in the South because – Farming is uh, a cash crop around here and uh, it's peanut season time and uh, and peanut cash crop is king right now. Uh, But real quick, do y'all like them roasted or boiled better? (laughs) i i I like boiled peanuts um but
0: you you'll find out and and i've exposed a lot of people to boiled peanuts most people that move here from somewhere else don't like them because they're kind of it's kind of weird to them you know they're used to the the parched ones and so we and and sometimes honestly you don't always get good boiled peanuts you got to kind of know what you're doing they got to be a little immature to really be good and so we we've i've i have uh open that door for a few people that are from the North. And if you will treat them, of course, they say they taste like peas. And I said, well, that's because they are. They're not actually a nut. <laughs> yeah. They're a legume. And so they do taste like peas. But uh, if you, if they do it right, most people can adjust to it and yeah. like them. But uh, when you first the thought of it and first tried them, most people oh, yeah. would say, I don't like those. Yeah. It yeah. is.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm from Southeast Louisiana and go. I had When Matt, my husband, was like, "You need to try these," I was like, Mm -hmm. "You are out of your mind."
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you like
2: them now? I could eat the tar out (laughs) of them. I'm not even kidding. Exactly. Um, But it was kind of an acquired taste, and if I remember right, I think what hooked me on them was he did like a Cajun Mm -hmm. flavor profile on them. So then I kind of maybe I I got it in my mind it wasn't any different than a crawfish. (laughs) So I was able to like pick and um, get past that texture. But man, now. I could hurt myself. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I like them. I like them parched or, or roasted myself. I can eat them anyway. So yeah, I, I like them anyway. But most of the people, if you love a bowl of peanuts, you'll fight somebody for one. That's I mean, right. You right. want one? Oh, you're yeah. looking for one.
2: Our little girl too. She'll tear them up. Yeah, right. Heather will too. So
1: yeah. Heather loves them. So. Well, Mr. Larry, I'm glad to have you here tonight. And uh, we're looking forward to just talking to you and, and you giving us a rundown. But but just before we get into to your work life and experiment stage, just tell us a little bit about your personal life. Okay, would be glad to. Let me just first say... That I'm this. This is my first podcast. Y'all said you already done
0: four. This is my very first one. i I really just now started listening to them, but I really enjoy the concept and the and the idea. So really, thank you for for this. At this point, when you retired, what you realize is you're just historical now. You know? <laughs> you know, I'm not yeah. doing that anymore. Yeah. But I but I do ha- I do have a lot of knowledge. And that's so right. I can I, I hope over the next few minutes that we can enlighten you a little bit. I think one of the things that's most Uh, interesting about the experiment station is people go by there all the time and they go, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. You know, if you're not familiar because, you know, they're used to the farm and the cotton peanuts and those kind of things, but when you see the little plots and experiments, it's pretty strange, but just to start off, I'll tell you just a little bit about myself. I grew up in Dothan. My my granddad was a farmer. Uh, He actually had a farm in South Houston County, that my great-grandfather actually homesteaded. And so he, my dad grew up there and in his generation, it was hard work. And he said when he got old enough, he left the farm. It was just a lot of work and not a lot of, not a lot of cash. It was mostly at that point, it was subs- subsistence. You know, you had plenty to eat, good place to live and that sort of thing, but not a lot of cash. And so he he, he moved to town to get him a job. And so when I got old enough, I started working with a granddad and kind of got it, you know, into the farming kind of thing. And so at that point, I knew I wanted to go to university. So I went to Auburn and going to Auburn, I decided that I would major in agronomy, which is an odd word, most people don't know what that is, but you were, it's the study of crops and soils. And so I became a, an agronomist and got a couple of degrees there, stayed on and got a master's degree. Um, and at that point, during that time, I worked in the department and working in the department, I actually then understood what was going on. I worked for a professor, and he did research all over the state. I'd never been to any experiment stations. You know, I was thinking they were gonna teach me something, but they did. We went out to the farms, and they are all over the state. We'll talk a little bit about that later, and that's what exposed me to the experiment station first, and I realized I really liked this. I like research, stayed on, like I said, and got a master's degree. Had one of my, I have two boys, one of them was actually born in, in Auburn while I was there. The other one we, we moved to, we actually, my first job was in Fairhope. Which they have a station there um, at the Gulf Coast Research and Extension Center. I worked there for just a little over a year. And I, of course, I was from this area. And so the superintendent at the time was Mr. Jim Starling and he was retiring and uh henry ivy was going to move up to the superintendent so i called henry i knew him and he said sure if they don't mind in auburn you can come over and so i came over to be his assistant and that was in march of 1985 so i've Whoa, been here 30 yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry
1: i am telling wow. you i'm historic i'm
0: an old guy and so i had uh daniel in tow and wesley hadn't been born yet and so we had we started here so that was 30 36 years ago uh that I, or 36 years uh, in 85 to 2020 that I was here. I was actually with the university for 37 years. And um, so I have the two boys, one of them decided to go into agriculture. Daniel, the oldest, he actually, Uh, Got a couple. He's smarter than I am. He got a couple of degrees at Auburn. He went to LSU and and got his uh, PhD. And so he's back at Auburn. He's an associate professor in the Horticulture Department. He does aquaponics and hydroponics, which is pretty interesting stuff. You might even see on the commercials if you watch Auburn. They have these vertical farms where they have the containers with the vertical farm. That's his stuff. That's cool. And so uh, you know, learning learning about vertical farming and all that. So it's a it's a pretty interesting thing because everybody doesn't know about that. And so he kind of that's that's his area of research and teaching and the other my other son he hated agriculture so he's in, he's an investment guy for regions investments and uh, he lives around here and, and my wife was a retired teacher so but both of the boys gra- graduated from Headland High School that's Headland's their home that's, that's right. all they knew yep. they he was two and Wesley wasn't born so they're Headlandites. And that's and we, we're proud to call Headland our home. If anybody mm-hmm. asks them, you know this is this is where we're from. My wife worked 26 years with the uh, as a teacher, retired from Henry County uh, school system, and she. Uh, so we're all we're all into That's uh, that's
1: all we know. Well, I, that's awesome. I I didn't realize that you had been at experiment station that long. But when when did you officially retire? At the end of 2020, at the end okay. of this,
0: end of December. So yeah. I've just been retired about nine months or ten okay. months. Mm-hmm. and i know chris parker took your spot he did he is he is actually running the the, uh, the station now yes okay mm-hmm. uh when did mr brian gamble retire it was about two years before me so it must have been 2019 that's I right that's what i thought yeah, yeah. so it was okay. a couple of years before i retired uh he but we worked together for 33 years oh yeah. two of us yeah that yeah, was great
1: well i had a friend of mine who says well I, you know i told him that you were coming on to explain, mm-hmm. and, and he said well well what about Chris? I said, He ain't been the head man that long. <laughs> I said, I love I love Chris to death. He's a good friend. Yeah. I said, but when he gets that uh, thirty years plus, well I told Are Chris you back on. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I saw Chris this week and I told him I told him what I was gonna do. I said, I'm just giving the history, you know. Yeah, I know. That's right. But I and of course I, and being that long I can tell you a little bit about the history of what how it got here and the, the kind of things we do. Okay.
1: Well yeah, well I appreciate that. So I got to say, roll tide. You you said all, and then then, of course we got an LSU. Uh, But I I think uh, I think everybody got hurt this past weekend on the football. uh, But so you did tell us about you know how you chose your profession and you know working on the farm and all.
2: Uh, I have have an interesting question. I'm gonna just kind of go off the off the script here. Like in in those thirty years, what would be maybe the most interesting? experiment? Like how did it work out or what do you think was the most, I don't know, if you could pick a cool project to share with us, what would it be?
0: Uh, yeah, we, you know, typically we're, our, our mission is really not that exciting. I guess you would say, you know, we're really, first and foremost, we're to help the producers in this area and anything that can be used outside there is, is great. And so we branch out into a few odd things, you know, occasionally, uh, one, probably one of the most interesting things, cause I hadn't had any training in this, we were growing shrimp actually in freshwater, they're freshwater prongs in tanks. And had never done that before. Uh, those those things were like microscopic when they're when they're uh, when you put them in there. And so we had the recirculating systems, and also that was all brand new. We had to build a barn for that and everything. And so we tried that for a couple of years. And again, we do want to try things that are that are odd. Um, but that's probably one of the strangest <laughs> things that we've done. Most of the stuff we do is pretty routine. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not way out there. Yeah,
1: I, I can see I can see growing shrimp in Foley yeah I uh, or, yeah or, yeah, or yeah fair hope or something but, but the, idea, me, the idea yeah, the idea
0: here is if you could grow them you know if they're if they're fresh water they weren't yeah, they weren't salt. Right. and so if you can grow them here you can grow them anywhere oh you yeah know, kind of thing and so they were looking at the, the feasibility
1: of that uh really pretty difficult to do uh honestly <laughs> yeah I, I would imagine oh well, just just tell us on an everyday basis. I mean, what was what was your role? Yeah, Experiment I was. Uh, I, it started out. They they, they change
0: names. People do that. They kind of change names. But I was. Uh, they were called superintendents. That was the person that was in charge. And it was. This, I was the assistant for ten years, and then I was the uh, superintendent. I guess in '95, Henry retired after about ten years, and so from '95 to 2020, I was the superintendent but they change it along the way then they call us directors i guess maybe that sounds better i don't know Uh, (laughs) superintendent yeah i don't know so we we were at the end of my career was called director and so basically i was in charge of the research farm and that research farm was about 600 acres um what what's real confusing for people and if i could step back a minute i kind of try to explain this to you is that most people, when you think of agriculture in, in Auburn, you think of the county agent. He's the guy that goes out to the farm, and That's so right. he has the most visibility. Mr. Haney, if any of y'all watch Green Acres. Y'all are too young for that. Yeah. But some of us old people know Green Acres, but Mr. Haney was the county agent. He went to the farm. We run the, we run the research, and so I work for the experiment station. I don't work for the extension. That's called extension. These guys are extending. They're taking the message out to the people but somebody's got to do the, the work. Somebody's got to, to actually do something to carry, some information's got to be carried, so it's got to be generated. So we're the research part of that. So I work for the Alabama Agricultural Experiment Station. And so the way that actually got started, and you, this is a rare thing, y'all don't hear this very often, but the government actually did a good thing. Okay? We, don't, we, don't, we don't say that very often, but in 1862, in the middle of the Civil War, they had the Morale Act which said that they're going to, every state in the union was going to have one university, one college that was going to be responsible for ag and mechanical, A&M. Mm-hmm. Like, okay? oh, yeah. so, so that was the original start. And so from that point in 1887, they passed the Hatch Act, which said they're going to set up experiment stations. One of the things people laugh about is that Auburn is a cow College. Yeah. and that is true yes. because auburn university got designated as the land-grant university for the state of alabama in the in that morale act they they became one one university had to have that auburn got that so they were agriculture and mechanical uh the engineering part grew from there but we 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 were commissioned to do that and so when you see the pictures of the cows out there and all that was what that was how auburn got that and then in 1887 they started the experiment station so what happened there is they they had the foresight to say if we're going to be able to feed ourselves which is of the most um, utmost importance mm-hmm. uh we've got to do some research we can't just let this and the and the producers can't afford to do that they need some help. So the experiment station was set up to do experimental work so that they could find the next best thing for the producers without them having to try everything and fail. Because they're funded, we didn't have to make a profit, and so we were out there doing the experiments so that we could hopefully help them. What we, what you, this is a little soapbox here, but if you don't mind I'll kind of go back a little bit. What people probably don't don't understand is, and I think I can back this up, that your standard of living today is directly responsible, agriculture is responsible for that. If you look at the history, we start out, most countries, they all do, start as agrarian. You're going to be working on the farm, 80-90% of the people. And then it just gets progressive. We do less than 2% of the people work on the farm now, produce all the food. And so what we were able to do through the research, we were able to feed people at a great price so you you've got three things that you got to have you learn this early on is food shelter and a cell phone I mean a, a clothing. no <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. three three things you gotta have and so it and just think about this and you, if you look at your budget you probably you probably don't look at it that close most people don't but you spend about 10 to 15 percent of your income disposable income on food in this country what that means, now that means if you don't go out to eat too much, okay, and I can't, can't cover on that, but yeah. if you just okay. just buying your grocery, yeah, just groceries, 10 to 15% yeah. of your disposable income. So what that means, all if, if we can do that, and that's what we've been successful at doing, if we can feed you cheaply, that means you've got 90, 85 to 90% of your money to spend on other things. And those other things are the things that really bring your standard of living up. A nicer house, more vehicles, cell phones, TVs, smart every technology, yeah. all of that. You've got the money to do that. And we've we've kind of don't appreciate that, I don't think, because what happens is, you know, you go buy a sixty thousand dollar car and all the neighbors come and see and everybody's smiling. You just paid sixty thousand for a car and everybody's happy. You go to the grocery store and you running down the aisle and the peanut butter's gone up a nickel and you in your you're all mad oh, yeah, about it. Mad. Saying, Man, I can't believe these food prices. You're going to be doing backflips. Yeah. A, a jar of peanut butter will feed your family for a month for near nothing. Yeah. And yet, you know, we go get a new TV and it costs all this and everybody's excited. But it's the standard of living. Agriculture has brought us to that standard of living. The government set us up here. We don't need, we, we were talking about this earlier, about chips. We're being yeah. produced and we're waiting on them because yeah. we can't get any. Electric chip. Yeah, we don't <laughs> need somebody else producing our food. No. We, we let somebody else produce your food. They own you. That's right. And so, this is the reason we need research. We got to keep these people in business. And so, this is, this is the importance of agriculture. Sometimes we just take it for granted that we'll go get the food. Um, but we, we not only have plenty of food, we have it at a good price. And as long as we can do that, our standard of living can stay high. Hey, Headland is brought to you by Sphere Digital Marketing. Social media and digital marketing needs. We're several generations away from that. My grandfather farmed. Most of the people who are listening to this are probably three generations away. If they're younger, they're at least three. could be four generations away. But most of the people in this area still agriculture is big. Uh, it's not that way everywhere. That's right. Uh, and they didn't grow up in in this in rural areas. But agric we're far removed from agriculture That's other right. than eating. Yes
1: yeah and, and that's true i mean nobody really knows i mean I, of course my kids do they know what farming is but uh yeah it's a it's a I it's mean,
2: a you know what it is but while you know you were speaking I, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. you know you were talking about how the you know the federal government designated individual colleges to do this and man as a 17 year old going to lsu my first student worker job was in an entomology there lab. You go. There you go. and I had no idea, like think about it, now I'm almost 36, and here mm-hmm. my my life has come full circle. I would go out to our cow pastures at mm-hmm. LSU's ag facilities, That's right. and my job, I will not even go into the disgusting things <laughs> that I had to do in college for my student worker job, but we studied flies, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so... Um, it was just, that's such an interesting tie-in. Now I have a completely different perspective on what I did in college.
0: They are the land-grant, university. LSU is the land-grant university for the state of Louisiana. And so they're going to do the ag research. Every,
1: every uh, state has one.
2: That's so cool. That, Learn something about myself. Larry, you taught me yeah. something about myself, Mr. Yeah. Larry. All
1: right. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty. Well, why did why does Headland have the experiment station in Hedland? Yeah, go, that's, go, a, that's, a, that. that's a
0: really good. I, I, actually, i got to give the credit to Larry Smith. If you all know him, he's oh, yeah, a great, yeah. great historian. He's done all the research on this. But so what, what happened? Okay, in 1887, we said, the, the federal government said, we need to set up an experiment station system. Okay, Auburn University was the, the land grant. If you've been to Auburn, you understand they're in the Piedmont. It's not a heavy agricultural area. It's not, there's not farming going on there or anything. So the, the university says we, to be successful and to really help these producers, we're going to have to set up strategically locate some farms in agricultural areas of Alabama. When you look at from, from Gulf Shores to, to Tennessee line, that's a big, this is a big state. Particularly the north-south part of it, where they changes, and so we've got a lot of different soil types. We've got a pretty changing climate with a low, a, a shorter growing season, those kind of things. And so they strategically picked out five areas of the state. They went to, to the Tennessee Valley, Black Belt, uh, Wiregrass, Gulf Coast, and Sand Mountain. Those mm-hmm. are those are spread yeah. out over the state. So those were. Auburn was the station. They were called the main station. So they said, we're going to call these the substations. Mm-hmm. This is how we got our name. We were the Wiregrass substation. And so as they're looking, they're, we're in the coastal plain area of the state. And so it's kind of unique. The soils are unique, the long-growing long season, that kind of thing. And so they started looking around, and the, the story's pretty interesting. And we, I don't have time to tell the whole story, but in 1928, uh, Sam Dunwoody gets most of the credit. He was the commissioner of agriculture, but he lived between Hedland and Columbia. Okay, and so he 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 proposed that they look into this area of wiregrass, and Hedland might be one of those sites. And so they did. And uh, some names that you would actually recognize of some leaders. They got together and said, "We'd love to have it here." They saw the potential for what it could do for agriculture in this. Part. And so they started looking for land. They bought the original 240, I think it was 243 acres, or 600 now, but the original 243. The 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 county pitched in with Abbeville helping. They went out to Dale County, went to Houston County, got in a real mess with Houston County. They promised them some money and then reneged. And so the story gets gets yeah. really interesting. <laughs> but they they purchased the uh, 243 acres for twenty eight thousand dollars is like a hundred and twenty-one dollars an acre. Wow and, and they were <laughs> wow. and this is some of the best land they said in in the in this area. Yeah. It lays good, got the soil types are good and I can attest to that. We have some of the very best land here. It's a great site. It was just a mile from the from Headland. Uh it took a little time doing it, but in nineteen twenty nine, all of this was put in place uh the whole the five original stations there's more now but those were set in place and that was and it became in in june of uh, june of 1929 they actually come down and did a little inspection they've been working and uh we gave they, they were uh, headed off 90 what's that been 92 93 years yeah. now that the station's been there and they saw that as a potential because most of these people were farmers back then. There were 2,000 people that lived in Headland. There were 18,000 people that lived in Dothan. I read that today and they were back (laughs) and forth about it. And Dothan didn't think they were going to get anything out of it. They knew it was going to be a regional thing. If it helped the producers. And the same thing that's going on, and being from the chamber, and as a matter of fact, when I read the history, all of that was started with the chamber. The chamber, they, they had their first three meetings at the chamber. Uh, and they were talking about all this, but the 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 thing was, is they said it in headland, but if it all our people go to Dothan to spend their money, same thing we're talking about <laughs> now. We were talking about in 1929, and so they said if it benefits the producers uh in this area then they're gonna the, the in headland area or abbyville or whatever they're gonna spend their money in dothan because they've got more stores more more right. commerce and so it's it's nothing nothing's, nothing's changed that's right it's <laughs> interesting but that's that's the story of how it got here so in 1929 we were set up to start doing agricultural research for the very first time in in this area and, the, and across the state And again we've got some other stations and so I can talk a little bit about what we do there. If you've got some more questions, I'll give you some specifics. Well,
1: just go ahead and talk about yeah. Okay.
0: Talk- so what so what happens now? And the way the system's set up, and in the different states, set these up differently. I've been to a lot of different states, uh, but the way Auburn does it is the um, professors, they call them, the people doing the research, mostly are on campus at Auburn. Okay. And so what they do. What my job was is to take the information, we have project outlines and those kind of things, take that information and make sure my guys get the experiments put in. So what we want to do is try to, on a, on a small basis, um, utilize that land to get as much data as we can. So we can do hundreds, and we, we would probably do, I don't know, eight, six, plots a year of peanuts and cotton and those kind of things on a very small, it's all based on statistics and random, as you drive by there and you go, what could they do with those small, but will be four row plots that are 30 foot long, they're randomized. So we set up the experiments. And we're trying to, we're, we're, we're working with the professors there. One guy, he's a weed guy, okay? He, he says, we gotta try to do weed control in cotton and peanuts. The other guy's a disease guy. Then we got the insect guy, the entomologist. They come down and put experiments. Entomology is hard to do work on because insects are hard to know where they're gonna be. You know, if I, I can plant a weed and actually we do a lot of that, you know, it's kind of crazy, but we'll plant weeds so we can kill them. But insects are, insects are in a whole different matter. So they, they're, they're always going, call me, if you see any, you know, yes. and or if we have a problem, we'll come down there and put a, put a test in. And so basically, my job <clears throat> was to make sure that the experiments got done correctly that the protocol was followed and those kind of things and so I basically we we just ran the 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 farm one of the things you ask about interesting things one of the things that's probably most interesting about it is there's people from all over the world that come to the university to study and also they they do work on the station so I've met people from all over the world I had not been all over the world but I've met people from all over the world so it's kind of like they get to come
1: come you know you get to
0: get to talk to them about what what their life's like.
1: That's well, crazy. you're you're really the boots on the ground for for the you know the substation is the boots on the ground for mm-hmm. what you're doing, right? Um, how many how many people when you left or, or you probably know now how many people did it, does does uh, does it employ out there?
0: Yeah, we we have about I uh, just probably about ten full time ag techs, and then there will be we'll hire three or four part time people. Then we have a, a, a admin in the office. And also, because we we changed it, some of the older people, if they hear this, they'll know what we're talking about. There was a Quonset building there at one time, a military-looking building. That housed the extension service, yeah. and we were the experiment station. We weren't together. We built the new building, we all came together, so there's extension specialists in that's the sure building, that. too. They don't actually... Uh, I, I didn't supervise them, but so we have, you know, any, for any given day, we have fourteen, fifteen uh, right. people out there that we're they're, that are doing the work. But you know, again, if there's nobody doing the research, there's nothing to tell. There's no story to tell, and so that's uh, that's been a big big thing for us to explain to to the area. But most of the people here know because they they're in oh, the yeah. area. But the people that drive through, they're they're amazed at what's going on.
2: Well, I, I guess, and I'm thinking, just put my chamber hat on for the for the moment. Um, the, we have so many new people coming to town, though, that mm-hmm. don't know yeah, what that no is and what that That's does. Right. And um, I mean, what could we do as a community to almost help tell that story or, or support the fact that we have this amazing research facility and, and resource for our community here?
0: Yeah, I, I i haven't really hadn't really thought that much about that. I think. You know just having something like this have I've often thought you know if I could get to the people I could, I have I've, I've done tons of tours and you know once I do a tour the person knows what's going on but that's 25 or 30 at a time it's hard to get the information out but you just have to tell the story yeah. you know you just have to say this is because it, it's it's a unique story uh, it's not there's nothing else like this around uh, there's not this many there's not many uh, research farms in, in the world actually and so it's just no there's not that much there's nothing else to compare it to around here. The people know there's agriculture here, but they don't know about the experiment stuff. And we we have, we're open uh, to do tours and that sort of thing. We we try to we we'd like to educate people. We can't spend all our time doing that, but you know <laughs> yeah. I've, I've carried anywhere from kindergartners all the way to the uh, uh, senior citizens. You know, yeah. yeah, if they if they come and they can get on a bus, we can ride them around the station and and talk about it. Love love to do that, but. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's hard to be aware. We, you know, when the papers were going, they would cover stories and so forth. We don't have a lot of coverage of that anymore. But I will say that the area does appreciate agriculture. Harvest Day is a, yeah. an example of that. They, there is an appreciation for agriculture here. I can't say that about a lot of places that I've been. It's kind of like a second thought. But I think the people here still appreciate ag and still see it for what it is. Uh, and, and it's important to the economy. You know, we like new businesses coming in, but we don't want to kick out our old guys you know they were the ones that put us in bit and put us here right. was agriculture and so it's, it's and of course did you look you? around yeah
2: Um, I, that makes me think you know we did you know this year have for the, our 150th anniversary of the city have our AG parade mm-hmm. with our tractors mm-hmm. and if, you, if you did not see that which I'm, <laughs> I hope we bring it back next year because it was it was beautiful i mean like it just filled your heart with delight to see these big tractors with all these american flags on them Mm -hmm. and celebrating not just our community but um you know july 4th and um again with harvest festival but i um i do think that there's still a disconnect and that's something that i would like to work on too Mm -hmm. is that connection between our agricultural heritage what we currently do in agriculture and what our economy does and that's um that's that chamber piece i think Mm -hmm. that we could really do a good job um, helping tell those stories. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well, I've heard i I've heard a lot from Mister Larry tonight, and uh, you know he's just sitting here looking at him. He's a pretty mild mannered fellow, but <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of people during the summertime that's worked at the experiment station, and I heard that uh, that he could pop a wheel pretty, pretty tough. Uh, <laughs> um, but that that was so funny because teenage boys. I, there wasn't many girls. No. I don't know if there's any girls, but the teenage boys needed to pull weeds during the summer, and Auburn Experiment Station would hire them. Really? And I've had my brother work there for years, mm-hmm. Kenny, sure did. and sure did. Uh, all my friends from Hedland worked there. I never worked there because I would <laughs> just work with daddy, but uh, they would be as just as tan as they could be, <laughs> and they pulled weeds from sun up to sundown. Yeah, it's so, a great
0: it's a great job, really. Because I always tell those guys, I ask them, you know, yeah, yeah, I love outside and all this, and I said, well, I'm going to remind you of that when it's <laughs> July, you know. But they all say that. But what what working does for you, not just there it, it it determines what you love and what you don't like oh, yeah and I say you may you may hate this and that's okay that's an answer you need to be doing that when you're young and if you may love this and we've had a lot of people that's gone on to Auburn we've got them jobs at the university when they got up there and they knew people so it's a great place to work um, if you're if you're interested in that but it's a great place to find out if you're interested yeah I'd, I'd, I'd encourage anybody to do that with any career do they go, still go, have go. summer go.
2: programs like that I well, mean probably maybe not pulling weeds but, yeah, but well we, we hire yeah
0: if you yeah. if you apply to you they'll they'll uh they'll they'll look at you they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll try to hire you if they can i'd love to hire everybody everybody needs a job yeah you know but it's a it's a good summer job
1: does uh, do you have anybody that that came on as a teenager that's still working at experiment station when you yes were
0: there? i do i do yeah. we had at least uh we have two well, I know think who, of right now. I know who they are. Yeah, they had <laughs> yeah. two, two employees and probably had some more, but yeah, they actually grew up there yeah. and, um, and stayed on. We that's have cool. one interesting, we have a guy that's on uh, there, Herman McDaniel. His grandfather worked at the station in the 20s when it started. His dad worked there, and now he's there. It's the third generation that, they, that they've been there. Uh, this is the third generation through the station. That's, a pretty,
1: that's, that's pretty, pretty
2: interesting. That's really cool. My, um, my husband, we were talking about before you, you came in, um, his grandfather worked out there okay. um, for Mr. Henry Ivy. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've kind of got that connection too. Oh, yeah. and, um,
0: a lot of people have. And a matter of fact, I see these guys that have worked there and I can't remember them all. It's easy for yeah. them to remember you, but you can't remember all them. And they'll,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, we worked out there one summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's fun times. Everybody, I right. mean, my brother enjoyed it. Ever, oh, yeah, he was been, good, you know, good. So, and then. He, he left there and went into the sports field. Right. right. Know, yeah. So it's not all agriculture, mean. but, so, but, but like you said, it makes you figure out what you want to do absolutely. and what you don't want to do. Absolutely. But now he's still in the heat of the sun every day, but doing a different, <laughs> some right. different. you know? That's so right. yeah, that's it gets a little work under your belt anyway. That's right. But, uh, I, you know, I think that kind of explains, uh, I had several inquiries about it and that's why we asked you to come on. Uh, and yeah. I, I knew you could tell the story just as well as anybody. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that you did come on. Tonight. Yeah, this is great. I um, enjoy this. Any, you got anything else for me, Major? Um, Pretty interesting. It is really I mean,
2: interesting. I don't know. My I mean, mind just, is, as I'm you were
1: totally... talking, my mind was turning. You know, thinking I didn't know some of this stuff either. And so, the, in the yeah. technology
0: is pretty neat, too, what we're doing now with the, all the GPS and all. Oh, yeah. You know, used to, we tried to recruit people that could drive a tractor. Well, now you got to recruit somebody that can do a computer because the tractor will drive itself if you can run the computer, so and all that, that technology changed. When I, I was reading, when the station was started, they had one tractor. And seven or eight mules. Yeah, that was wow. 1929. Ooh. One tractor, and they had. We also used to have a lot of houses. They back then, yeah. if you just furnished them a place to live and something to eat, that was about all That's you right. had to do to hire somebody. But uh, they worked for a dollar a day. Yeah, according to the report. Well, now I know. That.
1: I know Chris now is the superintendent. He he lives on on the property. He does.
0: Uh, does anybody else live on the property? Uh, one other employee. We had we had at one time when I came there. We had one, two, four. Nine houses, okay, and they had more. They torn some of those down. I think it was probably at the peak. They probably had thirteen residents there, uh, and a couple uptown. And so we are down to two two yeah, houses now. Right. So we got out, trying to get out of that yeah. business. That wasn't that was the old style. We still have a the oh, barn yeah. there that's called the mule barn because it yeah. originally housed the mules, and uh, it's still standing. So.
1: Hey, that's great, and I heard you say a, a minute ago too when you said. It, uh experiment station was a mile from headland it was so of course my mind i'm thinking no it's about it's about 300 yards from the four lane <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> no. but if from you headland. think about the logistics downtown of headland it is about a mile down 134 it, it, it is it and, is and and that was out of town a little oh bit. yeah they were talking about <laughs> going to dothan was
0: about a 30 minute trip you know i mean you yeah. that sort wow. of thing they one of the things that's happened to some of the experiment stations that's kind of interesting the substations is that they were on the edge of town but because of now the town fairhope is a good example there they're, they're residents all around them and we have houses around us too and so you yes. have to, that that changes things a little bit you you know you have oh, yeah. neighbors but that property is super valuable now because of that you'd think of in Baldwin County and so they're just kind of sitting there thinking well can we afford to go somewhere else because there's this property so valuable but you know in 1929 that was out of town yeah and same with headland a little bit um, but Hedlund, we've been encroached on a little bit but not not as much as they have but uh, yeah when we got our neighbors for the first time you know what we we try to be good neighbors and everybody said well we, y'all were there first i said yeah but you got to be a good neighbor you you know? do. yeah so you do. we have try to be here. a good neighbor and the people get along well with them hey headland is brought to you by jj and j electrical repair Serving the wiregrass for all their electrical needs.
2: How does the airport, the Reg- Headland Airport, being so close and, and I don't know, do y'all do anything with? Um, you know, spraying crops and things like that. How does that play into? No, we
0: we actually you know, it's really difficult for us to use an airplane on small plots. <laughs> yeah. that we have, and so we, we, we rarely have anything sprayed with an airplane because we could really mess a lot yeah. of stuff up. And so we don't we don't. There's no real impact. I will say this: probably the most impact that the airports had is when the drones first came out. You know, everybody wanted to get a drone, and we want to do well. There's a lot of restrictions if you're around oh, yeah. an airport, yeah. and so we really are in a bad place. To to fly drones we can't we can't do that and that wasn't you know that just happened like that But yeah. you, in in research you could see where there could be some real advantages to using drones and flying around oh, yeah. and that sort of thing so the airport's kind of uh in our way a little bit that way i guess you'd say but they it's uh but we don't have much to do with them
1: well i know you but still got to be good everybody's got to yeah. be a good neighbor. that's right that's right that's the key thing to it well we sure appreciate it uh mr larry and i I thank you for wanting to do it, and I thank you for coming oh, man, on. Yeah. I, 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 I've learned stuff that, that that I had no idea. As you are talking, my mind was just curious yep. thinking too, so, and I know Adrian was too. But, so, as we, as we do to everybody, uh, we're gonna do just a fast five, you know, right off the top of your head, five favorite things. we we'll kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Uh-oh. Um,
2: All right, I'll hit it with it this this week. All right, Mr. Larry, what's your favorite color? Green. What's your favorite book? Uh, the Bible. What's your favorite team?
0: Ah, uh, well, you know, since I worked for Auburn, <laughs> went to Auburn, I gotta, I gotta go with the Tigers.
2: Right. And what's your favorite food?
0: Favorite food would probably be a good fried chicken. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: And what's your favorite movie?
0: Favorite movie, Saving Private Ryan. That's, that's pretty wonderful.
1: good. That's, that's,
0: that's, a pretty, yeah, good that's a pretty intense, but yeah. I, I think it captured what those guys went through. Oh, absolutely. And, and we're indebted to those people. That's we right. are. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, on that note, what we got it's coming up, up? Yeah, what do we got coming up next, Aiden?
2: Let's see. Um, What's I,
1: happening in the week?
2: This week, we well, you have um, we will have just enjoyed under the oaks on yes. October fifteenth. Two two five band wrapping up that that's series. Right. Um, that's been such a great series for our downtown and having bringing people from around the Wiregrass in. Um, but. Paws Fest is back. We know our animal lovers out there love Paws Fest and that um, event benefits Charm which does a great service to our community as well. And that's going to be October 30th from 10am to 2pm and then later on that evening is going to be our Halloween screen which will be from 6-7.30 to and that as usual will mirror what citywide trick or treating will be. So um, we'll have Music Man out there again Mm -hmm. playing music and having um, not just our downtown businesses, but our businesses through, from throughout the community and individuals can um, register to sign up. It's free to register. You just have to bring a bunch of candy. candy.
1: <laughs> oh, what time does uh, Under the Oaks start, Friday?
2: <laughs> Under the Oaks is 7 to 10. 7 to but 10? the fun kicks off earlier. You know, our food oh, yeah. vendors, everybody's yeah. set up around 5.30, 6 o'clock. So you can come get some dinner and kind of get settled in. We have people who set up chairs at 3.30.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, well, and then, get a good seat. And, well, and then they parked their truck early on the square that day. Oh. Or the car. Don't encourage them. I'm we, just you. <laughs>
2: we will tow you. Yeah. No, I'm oh, joking. No. It, we won't tow you. But please don't park your cars all day yeah, on the square. Yeah. It does, Unless that, you're shopping.
1: That does hinder a little bit of business uh, to try to kind of hog that spot. But uh,
2: tough on the But about 3.30 or 4,
1: wow. uh, you know, you can probably come up there and, and park a little bit if you want to. i got a question for y'all. Sure.
0: How do you hear this podcast?
2: <laughs> Look at Mr. Larry, right. holding it down. Yeah. Um, you can actually listen to this on, we're on iTunes, okay. um, we're on, so we're on Apple, iPod, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Casts, so if you're an Android user, that's their um, podcast source. We're also on Spotify, Spotify. Um, and a few other places as well. Um, we post everything through a website called, a service called Anchor. And so our website also hosts all the different um, links to all of our past episodes, too.
1: Facebook, uh, Hey Headland. Now, Jana had to look it under Hey Headland Podcast Okay, on yes, Facebook. Hey Headland Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, you can listen to them there. Okay. Uh, I know Jana so she'll, she'll drop this one. Sunday uh, ish and uh, if it's any time for uh, Janna to go shopping she likes to listen to it while yeah. she's shopping yeah, sure. right. but uh, I know I like to listen to books during the day mm-hmm. on my little earphones yeah. Yeah. And, and so I listen to them so. I didn't ever think I'd like to hear myself talk it's kind of weird, it is weird. Yeah, it's weird it's weird because you're like do I really sound that way and you do <laughs> yeah, I think we had to convince ourselves we really do sound that way. But, yeah. You do sound that we don't way. Don't sound that way
0: to ourselves, but we do to other
1: people. That's right. Mm. So, and that's
2: what people are used to hearing. Right. So. But
1: we'll have another one the week of the twenty eight, seven, eight, six. Mm. So we'll cover right. all the uh, Halloween events again. That's right. um, we just, you know, we have Under Oak Friday, and then we'll have another one, and then hey
2: every other sunday we'll start our next podcast we're gonna start talking about christmas
1: yes i'm about to say <laughs> two weeks uh the month is gone that's yeah right. it so is. we're in the middle of the month and mm-hmm. basically after the 31st it, it's christmas time They're putting I mean christmas trees at those the other day yeah, yeah. we skipped right over thanksgiving and the harvest you know well that's what that's we were right. talking about earlier now right. well i, I mean, don't but, i'm not gonna
2: lie but that. if you want to capitalize on getting that holiday shopping dollars and shop small the chamber is rolling everything out. I mean, as soon as Halloween is <laughs> yeah. over, we have some big plans for November and December. And um, as usual, our Christmas parade is going to be, we've changed it. It'll permanently be on the second, on the first Thursday of December. December. So a night parade every year. Yeah. From now, on.
1: well, I was, I was working on the square last week and again today and just. Happened to look out the front door of the business I was working in, and they were just people on the square. Oh, yeah. And we, you know, we talked about that All before. The time. They're just hanging out, they're All just the time. chilling, eating lunch, just walking around the square, just out there with their friends you know. in the gazebo. Yeah. And that's so great to see. What's happening in Hedland right yeah, now? Yeah, kudos
0: to the city. the The square looks great. It does. I mean, you know, no. He, he, there's no, there's no substitute for something looking good, That's and, right. and and you feel good when you're there. It's, it's, it's comfortable. It's, it is. It's super.
1: Well, listen. Be sure to listen to the, the, the. If you listen to the installment, Ray was on the second one, and he really touched on when when it was. His first ten of it, he, he wanted yeah. to, to really clean the city up. It, it wasn't good at one time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been here a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it's 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 good. It's as good as it ever looked. So. Right, but. Uh,
2: I guess you know, and, and what it makes me think too. We talked we talk about growth on almost every episode, but to hear that even back then, almost a hundred years ago, it was about the population was two thousand, and we're just hovering right below five thousand yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So it shows, I think, in my opinion, that how significant that growth in our recent years has really been. We've been holding strong, but we're we're going at it and I think that's great for our yeah. city great oh, for yeah. our small town that's right um, to stay healthy and to keep some of our young people coming back and moving in
1: yeah keeping it thriving. staying home um, I do have a, I met a fellow that's moved to Headland, outside of Headland a little bit uh, in Dothan they're from Dothan uh, never been to Columbia in his life <laughs> they actually they go down 134 and they turn into their Douglas Road and go mm-hmm. to their home mm-hmm. and he said hey we went east today, uh, this weekend. <laughs> and to me, it was like, what do you mean we went east? He said, we drove all the way to Columbia. <laughs> and that tickled me. I said, well, I was born and raised all in that area. Yeah. And he said, we've never even been to Columbia. Right. I've been in those for nine years now. That's right. Uh, you know, moved out here. So I said, well, hey man, you need to strike out. Um, you know, just strike out and go down every country road you can find.
0: When people move to Headland, if I meet them, I always ask them, why did you move to Hedland? Yeah, It's always, there's an interesting story. Uh, Different reasons, but it is interesting to ask somebody that yeah. because there's not a ton of jobs here.
1: That's so
0: right. we know they didn't probably didn't
1: move here for the jobs. so yeah. why did you move to Edland? That's right. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing now, though, it's a lot of school system. Uh, a lot of I, I believe it or not, it's going to sound weird. To all you travel travel ball parents, that uh, I have a, a friend that moved back to Edland just because of the rec ball and the uh, high school baseball. Hmm it was either between Rehoboth or Hedlund. okay, and he called me and told me that mm-hmm. hmm. so oh, so yeah. them young boys I'm not going to say his name mm-hmm. I think they're all going to go get scholarships mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. that was so you know that's, that, that could be some of the reasoning uh, right. behind it but, uh, but you had a school system and things going on I think just living a simple life like you see 150 years of the good life that's, that's right you know that's advertisement right. the chamber put up on the billboard mm-hmm. so we've been there well, I sure appreciate it. And was, it was interesting. I enjoyed it tonight, this great. It's a yes. pleasure. pleasure. We
2: appreciate it. All right. Well, we will see all y'all in two weeks. Yes. Good night.
1: Good night.